Today's episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, is brought to you by the HTM Podcast Network. Still online, hittingthemarks.com. We're also brought to you by the Hameen Media Group. Now two feeds, hameenmediagroup.podbean.com and the OG feed, hackerhameen.podbean.com. We're also available at the Podcast World Hustle, pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com. Shout out to Big Ray Hernandez. No, I pissed you off the other night. It's okay, Ray. Tags aren't the end of the world. You can also find us over at ndpw.com. Shout out to Carlos and company. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and of course, iHeartRadio. Just search Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Hameen Media is sponsored by Vince Russo's The Brand, as well as The Brosters, the official coffee of Mr. Vince Russo. We're also brought to you by Stevie Richards Fitness, and of course, ProWrestlingTees.com, the only place to get the best merch from all of your favorite independent wrestlers, as well as a lot of the New Japan talent. On today's show, I'm joined by 8-Track Black, Michael Davis, to discuss the latest ongoings in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Anxious to get his thoughts on the rematch between Suzuki and Nagata. Also, some of his thoughts on the USA New Japan Cup and the Never Six Man Tournament. Also have a ton of stardom news to talk about, so let's go ahead and get into it. But first, my friends from Down Under, this is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook, and now you're going to die. Wonder Ring Stardom is back, and boy, have things been busy inside of the world of stardom. Gets you caught up on their last couple of shows. July 24th in Nagoya, Konami defeats Saya, Starlight Kid defeats Death Yamasan and Saki Kashima, Tam Nakano and Riho defeat the team of Natsuko Tora and Natsu Samir via disqualification. Natsuko Tora once again going after the referee. That woman does not give a fuck about anything going on in stardom she is just absolutely killing it with her character right now nice to see oedo tai on the rise once again donna del mundo the team of julia micah sherry and Haimika versus the team of queen's quest momo utami azm and tall saya go to a 30 minute draw absolutely fantastic stuff between all those girls and then your world of stardom championship Jungle Kiona in her hometown falls to Mayu Iwatani defending the red belt. Pretty good match. Um, something is just not necessarily connecting with me right now with Jungle Kiona. I, I don't know if it's everything that happened during the shutdown, everything that happened with Hannah Kimura, everything going on with TCS. I'm hearing r- rumors that TCS could end up being disbanded, that we may be in for a, a, a Jan part two. I don't know. I, I, I really want to see Jungle Kiona become one of those pillars where she's going to be in that main event mix. But something is just not clicking for me right now. Mayu looked absolutely fantastic, like Mayu always does. July 26th, inside of Korokin, Saki Kashima defeats Hina. Natsuko Tora and Natsu Samir defeat the team of Death Yamasun and Rina. Momo Watanabe defeats Micah in what might have been my favorite match over the course of these two shows. Haimika and Shiri defeat the team of Saya and Mayu Iwatani. And then we would see Shiri challenge Mayu Iwatani. That match is going to be happening uh, for the red belt. Looking forward to that. AZM wins a championship, a singles championship at the age of 17. Azumi defeats Riho and Starlight Kid to win the high-speed title. Absolutely the right decision in my mind. AZM is just absolutely killing it. She's one of my favorites to watch inside of the world of stardom. It's crazy to think that she is only 17, but she started training when she was like 9 and debuted when she was like 11. So AZM... Could be the future of stardom. Absolutely. 
Tall Saya and Utami defeat the team of Konami and Jungle Kiona to win the vacant Goddess of Stardom Championships. And then we would see, finally, the big showdown for the vacant white belt left by Arisa Hoshiki. Julia defeats Tam Nakano to fulfill her destiny and become the wonder of Stardom Champion. Pretty good match between Julia and Tam. Absolutely recommend checking that out if you have a chance. All right, so now let's get into the fun stuff going on inside of the world of stardom. We've got a whole bunch of shows coming up. August 8th, August 9th, August 29th, August 30th, September 12th, September 13th, and September 19th. For the finals, it's going to be their version of the G1 Climax, the five-star Grand Prix. Here are the blocks for the round-robin tournament. In the red block, Mayu Iwatani, Julia, Tam Nakano, Konami, Starlight Kid, Tall Saya, Death Yamasun, and Haimika. Holy crap, is that red block just absolutely stacked or what? I almost feel like Julia comes out of that as much as... <laughs> She doesn't need it. Julia doesn't even need to go to the finals. I feel like you could absolutely elevate somebody here. You could elevate somebody like a, a Konami. You could elevate somebody like a Tam Nakano. Have her get a big win over Julia the last day of the red block. Do all kinds of fun stuff, but it's stardom. So Julia will probably win because they love, love, love Julia. Blue Block, Momo Watanabe, Jungle Kayona, Utami, AZM, Natsuka Tora, Saki Kashima, Shuri, and Micah again with the Blue Block. When you look at it, Momo, yeah, you could absolutely see Momo winning this thing, right? Jungle Kayona, if, if they really want to elevate Jungle, if she's having good mashes, yeah, may, maybe you could do something there. Utami? Kind of my pick to win this entire tournament. I think Utami is absolutely freaking fantastic. I would love to see her actually take Queen's Quest over um, because I'm, I'm just not sold on Momo. I never have been. Or we could actually try to elevate somebody up the card. Maybe Natsuko Tora. Like I said, she's been killing it lately. Whether it be the character work and her match quality has really, really stepped up. If we want to give away to Otai a push, now could be the time. If you really want to jump further into both the red block and the blue block, I'm going to direct you over to our friends at LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Uh, article written by Mr. Alex Richards. Absolutely fantastic. Gets into every competitor, their background, if this is their debut in the tournament, what their record might be in the tournament. Great write-up by Alex. Highly recommended that you go and check it out. So that concludes this week's Stardom Report. Both those shows available in full now on stardomworld.com. Get ready for a lot of tournament wrestling, guys. So let's go ahead. We'll throw it over to a word from our friends over at the Brosters to tell you about Mr. Vince Russo's Bro Coffee and then our Midwest Mafia music feature. Uh, this week, I'm going to change it up, and it's going to be the Far East Music Mafia. I discovered this band a couple of weeks ago through a documentary on New Japan World that was all about Hiromu Takahashi as he was getting ready for his big match leading up to evil this is his favorite band and it might be my new favorite band maximum the hormone we'll be right back on the other side with eight track black stick around bro if you're a real coffee lover then you've got to try brosters limited edition vince russo bro coffee Available right now at www.thebroasters.com. This limited edition coffee is fresh roasted weekly and shipped directly to your door. You will love the Nicaraguan blend with roasted chocolatey notes when you smell it. Get your Vince Russo Bro Coffee today at thebroasters.com and follow them at Coffee Broasters today on Twitter. Enjoy the best coffee today, bro. From Broasters, Vince Russo Brand, and Hameen Media Group.
Burger, get the vibes. The Mitchie 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 Burger, the Mitchie Burger. That was Romu Takahashi's favorite band, Maximum the Hormone. Hey, Trek Black, have you heard Maximum the Hormone yet? I have no idea who, who they are. It is a Japanese punk metal pop punk. I don't even know how to describe those guys. It's just absolutely fantastic. Evidently, Hiromu listens to that when he's going to sleep, which kind of explains why Hiromu is so screwed up. Love it. Absolutely love it. So we are back for segment two with my man, 8-Track Black, Mr. Michael Davis. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm great. Uh, I'm glad I'm talking about what uh, New Japan is that while talking about what's going to be going on in the quote unquote New York. Oh my God! And the, the, I don't want to get started with that shit. Yeah, we, we we were talking just a little bit before we started recording here, and the only good thing going on in New York is Kyrie Hojo getting the hell out of it. Yeah, I'm looking forward definitely. to her return to stardom. That's for sure. We have a bunch of New Japan stuff to talk about. As far as shows go, we're only going to get into Summer Struggle Night 4 because there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on in the world of New Japan that I I, I, I just don't understand. I don't get it. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the KOPW 2020 because, yeah, I, I got to get some thoughts out there about that. But first, we got to talk about Summer Struggle. Summer Struggle Night 4. This tour that's going on, again, before we started recording... We were talking, and it's like, man, some of these shows, it doesn't even seem like we're getting on New Japan World. It's like they're just running three times as many shows because they only get a third of the audience inside of places like Korok and Hall. How are you keeping up with this latest schedule that New Japan has been putting out? Well, if I haven't been, uh, if I don't watch, uh, can't watch some of the shows that have been going on, uh, so some of the struggle, I just watched, you know, the recap on uh, the, the YouTube channel. Like what the, the post interviews and what's been going on there because it seems like they've been building up a lot of stuff going on after the, the pre shows. Like we've seen uh, Kota Ibushi and uh, uh, Hosea Tanahashi kind of like, you know, almost separated. They're at uh, Tobo and Paradise with the Golden Aces. Yeah, yeah. Ibushi is about sick of Tana's losing streak here. Let's go ahead. We'll jump into the show. Uh, show starts off, Nyano, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto defeat the team of Gabriel Kidd, Yoda, Suji, Taguchi, and Kojima in 9 minutes and 59 seconds. Go figure, via the schoolboy, because Yano happened to be in the match. Um, track Black, what are you making out of Gabriel Kidd? Because Gabriel Kidd is one of these young lions It seems like they're just attaching a rocket to. I mean, he's out there, he's challenging guys like Suzuki, he's challenging guys like Nagata. It's like... Gabriel Kidd is making it his personal mission to take out the Grandpa Club. Uh, I, I watched uh, some of Gabriel Kidd's work when he was uh, in the UK in a, a company called WC, WCPW, and he, he seemed pretty good o- over there. And I, I I was kind of surprised seeing him in New Japan, but I'm but hopefully we see more uh, from Gabriel Kidd because he is he is pretty good. I mean, just give him give him the ball, he he'll win with it. Yeah, I mean, of all the decisions, him actually just staying in Japan might be the best decision that he's ever made for his career because he's absolutely elevated his stock since New Japan returned. The other young line in the match, Yota Suji. Um, I, I'm really high on Yota Suji. C- clearly, Hiroshi Tanahashi is as well. I, I have a feeling that his opinion carries a bit more weight than mine. But I think Yoda Suji done lost his damn mind, too, because he's saying that he wants a singles match with Shingo Takagi for the never open weight championship. Is Yoda Suji just lost his damn mind? Yeah, I, I just, I just think he, this guy's a, a, a dumbass for even uh, trying to challenge uh, Shingo. I mean, it's not going to end well with uh, Yoda Suji. And I, don't, I, I think I think this match should be gone like two minutes because Shingo going to go out there and just kill this kill the young, young lion. Let's talk about Shingo. Shingo and Sonata, evidently this is going to be the new LIJ tag team. Shingo and Sonata defeat Great Bash Heel, the team of Honma and Makabe, 10 minutes and 57 seconds with the skull end. But Honma seems like he wants a piece of Shingo. Shingo's like, I thought it was so funny, man. I was watching the backstage comments, right? And there's like a whole bunch of guys calling out Shingo for that never open weight title. And then Shingo gets up there and he's like, how come nobody wants to step up to challenge for this title? <laughs> it's like, dude, I, you just had like three guys like right before you at the, at the platform. Who do you want to see challenge Shingo for this never open weight title? 
I mean, that, that that's kind of hard because I mean the people that want I want to see challenge them are not in, not in New Japan right now. But if I had to choose, if I had to choose one person, I'll, I'll say uh, Suzuki. I'm I'm absolutely here for that. Give me Shingo versus Suzuki any day of the week. You can give it to me on a Tuesday at five o'clock in the morning, and I will be glued to New Japan World for that match. Yeah, that that'll be a five star classic for sure. What do you make of the tag team of Sonata and Shingo? Is, is this going to be kind of the replacement for Evil and Sonata? Like, are you expecting Shingo and Sonata to be holding tag team gold at Wrestle Kingdom? I I, I must rather have these two be a singles guys because the the guys are made for single be, being a single guys. Um, I mean, it works so well for uh, Sonata and Evil because they had a uh, great chemistry, but with uh, Sonata and Shingo. I mean, we have we haven't even seen that much uh, time with them as a tag team, so I don't see them going uh, tag and go anytime soon. Maybe uh, like way after Wrestle Kingdom, if they w- they want to go that route. But I think they they would be. I think I see them as a single guys and uh, then tag team. I'm starting to wonder: Does New Japan just view Sonata as a tag team guy? I think that that's what they they see him. That that's what they they look like. It seemed like they seen him. Well, um, because Sonata looks like a uh, a million bucks. He looks like he can be a, a IC champion, world champion tomorrow. But they just don't seem like they don't have nothing for him. Because one for well, for, for one, he's not gonna they're not gonna win any championships if he looks like freaking uh, Captain Crunch. But that's not <laughs> the point. That's fantastic. I, I have a feeling that's going to become a recurring bit on the show now. Captain Crunch. That's great. <laughs> but I really see, I do, I do, I see a lot of potential in, in Sonata. But do, do they have the, the, the balls to ever, even do anything with Sonata? I say no. I just think this guy needs to go somewhere else or just disband from LIJ. Cause that, that's the only way you got to get any uh, opportunity is he leaves LIJ. I, we're going to talk about Tama Tonga here in a little bit when we talk about the New Japan Cup USA. Um, but I, I feel like Sonata is kind of in this place where Tama Tonga was like three, four years ago when everybody's like, man, they really need to bust Tama Tonga out as a single star. And Tama was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy being a tag team guy. I'm kind of starting to wonder if that's what's going on with Sonata, where it's just. He's going to be a perennial tag team champion with like, you know, like Taguchi. He's been a, a junior tag team champion with like six different partners. I have a feeling that could be Sonata's future. Yeah, I mean, and that's that exactly how I feel about um, the machine gun, Carl Anderson. Um, Bingo, yep. I think, I, I mean, uh, I, I see Carl Anderson uh, wrestling against guys like Nakamura and, uh, and Okada. And this guy, and as I was thinking to myself, this guy should be a single star. I know there was a woman that if he did, they would went to AEW that he would challenge to challenge to for the United States Championship against Moxley. I would like to see. I would. I wouldn't. What am I seeing that match? I mean, Carnes and I think he gets drive as a single star, but as for as for as Luke Gallows, no. I mean, I think he need to get rid of the dead weight that is Luke Gallows because this guy is a star as a single star if he they give him the ball. I've always felt that way about Machine Gun too, and, and it's just little things that Machine Gun does so well like you ever notice when machine gun makes a tag to gallows right and it's just a straight up tag gallows comes in anderson goes out you ever notice anderson never like steps out he always drops to his back and rolls underneath the bottom rope like just little stuff like that that it just gives him so much personality that i just absolutely love the only guy other guy i ever remember doing that by the way stone cold steve austin he did all right for himself (laughs) just saying yeah El Desperado, Doki, Kanemaru, Zack Sabre Jr., and Tai Chi. In other words, everybody that's in Suzuki-Goon, with the exception of Suzuki, defeat the team of Uramura, Master Frickin' Wado, Tenzan, Ibushi, and Tanahashi. Um, A couple things to talk about here, man. Um, As far as the Suzuki-Goon side of this match goes, I feel like we're all pretty much on par with everything that's going on in Suzuki-Goon. Uramura is... I, I, I just... Every time I see this kid wrestle, I'm just like, damn, he's got like future ace potential. I absolutely freaking love Yuya Uemura. And then on the other hand, you have Master Freaking Wado. 
I'm sorry. There is a lot of people that are going off about how great Master Watto is and how they're just loving this entire thing. I don't think this character has ever been more disconnected for me, right? Because as they come back for the backstage press conferences and Master Watto starts going off about how the, the guys from Suzuki Goon are bastards. And I'm like, that's not very John Cena friendly. What are you doing, Watto? Is this Watto thing working for you at all? I I think he he is a good wrestler. I, I give him that. But the whole, you know, he's just he's not be talking. That, no. That's one of the things. That's one of the things I I I just cannot take seriously with Master Watto. He's not a good talker, as we've seen from the last uh, few post match uh, interviews. I just need, need I think he needs to just go out there and wrestle. And as far as him go out to the the junior championship, slowly roll. It's too soon for you. Yes, way too soon. Like, Hiromu will kill you, Master Watto. Like, no, not happening. I mean, you made Tenzan sound like a good promo. That's an art. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Uh, Master, Master Watto just needs to just keep on going out there and put on a good show in uh, singles matches, tag team matches, whatnot. What, what, what but as far as I'm talking and as far as I'm challenging for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, just need to, to stay stay. Just, just sit back and relax. Go out there and just keep on doing your thing as the John Cena of New Japan. I saw that he he said originally, you know, he had planned on coming in and just challenging Hiromu for the junior title and all this shit. And I'm listening to it and I was like, dude, you planned on challenging Hiromu? You got your ass beat by Doki. By Doki. And you want to challenge Hiromu? Get the hell out of here. Come on. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Golden Aces. For this entire tour, ever since the, the Dangerous Techers took away the IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, they've been telling Ibushi, find yourself a new tag partner. You can challenge for these titles. Tanahashi's done. He's washed up. And it seems like Ibushi's actually starting to uh, buy into what Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi are are spitting out here. I saw it too, man. Ibushi comes backstage and his first words are, what the hell was that? Ibushi shows up and he's like, you know, I'm going to do better. And Ibushi's like, I I've had it with your excuses and walks out on the ace. And the ace has a real emotional moment as he's yelling at the wall. Damn it. Damn it. A-Track Black, are, are these guys going to get these titles back? Are we going to split them up? Is Ibushi going to find a new tag team partner? And if so, please, God, don't let it be Master Watto. Uh, I just think that these guys are, are better off as singles, singles guys because I, I I just think that the only reason why these guys were a tag team because uh, Kota Ibushi was jealous that he saw King Omega with Hangman Pace in AEW. That's one of the reasons why that they, they were a tag team. Uh, I mean, I was surprised they won the tag tag titles, and they didn't really didn't ha had a, had a, a long one with them or a, a good a good one with them because of the pandemic. But um, I really don't see these guys win the tag titles anytime. Win the titles back, and if Kota Bui does find a new tag team partner, um, I just don't think it'll, it'll be. I, I, I don't. I, 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 it's not gonna be Master Auto. I tell you that that much. But um, well, you say does, that you say that, but in the six-man tournament, they're teaming with Watto. Are they? Yes, it's Tanahashi, Ibushi, and Watto. That's the team. Son of a bitch. Uh. <laughs> I have a feeling this is gonna make one of those Hameen Media funniest best of. Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> I, I didn't even. I, I didn't even know, know that. Um. I, if, if it was going to be Master Waddle, then I hope uh, Suzuki Yoon uh, kills Master Waddle. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> it's just, Master Waddle, I, this guy, fuck Master Waddle. That's all I got to say. Fuck Master Waddle. You know, for, I, I've been on this kick since before Destino even started, if you're a new listener, going back to the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling podcast. I have been on this kick that... Everything that Kota Ibushi is doing and everything that Kenny Omega is doing is related. 
And eventually these two parallel stories are once again going to intercross. And now we're seeing, you know, Kenny might be going heel. He's having problems with his tag team partner, not getting along tag team partners, stepping out, go drink beer with a couple of other guys. And then you look at new Japan and you've got Ibushi and Tanahashi and Ibushi's losing faith in Tanahashi and He's about ready to go off on his own and probably start drinking with those other guys. I can't help but feel like it's all interconnected, man. Yeah, I think that this is very similar to what's going on over at AEW. And if that's the case, this is set up a supposed Coca-Cola Bucci Hill turn, then so be it. I mean, I I, I mean, I, I was looking forward to seeing a heel Ibushi. Um, I think I mean we we saw a glimpse of it at Western Kingdom this this past uh January. I mean he can he can have have that you know badass attitude and that you know stone look on his face to be a killer. So if we get in Cole Cole being a heel, then sign sign me up. Any chance that this ends with Kota Ibushi joining Suzuki Goon? Uh well, we have Evo join Bullet Club, so, I mean... <laughs> All bets are off in 2020, man. <laughs> Screw it, right? Yeah. Yeah, why the fuck not? I could get behind it. I, I could get behind it. I kind of like it. Show and Okada defeat the team of Gato and Yujiro. And, A-Track Black, I'm sick of this. I, I, I mean... <laughs> number one, it's Kazuchika fucking Okada. All right? Let, let, let's establish that. The greatest IWGP, arguably, champion ever. Right. And and he's in this never ending feud with Gato and Yujiro. And I just what the hell, man? I wanna see I wanna see the Rainmaker. Like he might as well be running around with balloons again. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with Wakata. This, this guy seems like he he's lost his freaking mind over here, uh going trying he's pretty much trying like he he's pretty much the crazy as as girlfriend. Trying to get back with um Gato, I mean that's this ridiculous. And also, every time I see this freaking Kota Kobo Cross, I just fucking cringe. It's just like it's it's hideous. It's it's it's, a, it's a disgusting watching this guy trying to pull out this freaking Cobra Clutch. Well, it has a name now. It is no longer the Cobra Clutch. It is now known as the Money Clip. Yeah, I I actually kind of like that, but the move still looks awful. Um. Back, I, I just came across this, man. Back in March on New Japan World, they put out like a one-hour documentary about the real Okada, like the Okada behind the scenes, right? The Okada who likes to go fishing but refuses to touch fish. The Okada that, you know, likes candy over alcohol because he's a child at heart. And it gets all into the backstory and whatnot of Okada, but it also gets into this idea that, these incredible matches that we have seen over the course of the last five, six, seven years out of Kazuchika Okada have really taken a toll on Okada. And I I'm watching this video, man, and I can't help but feel like enjoy the rainmaker now, because I have a feeling like he might have like five years left. And that's going to be it. Like, I don't see him being one of these Tanahashi guys or Nagata guys, Suzuki guys that are going to work their way back down the card. Like, I I feel like Okada is kind of like Michael Jordan. Like, I'm going to walk away while I'm on top. I'll always be affiliated with New Japan. But if I can't be the Rainmaker, I'm not getting in the freaking ring. Have you had a chance to see this documentary at all? I haven't have a chance to watch it, but I, I totally understand where, where you're coming from with Okada. Um, I do see him just, you know, come like leaving New Japan uh, earlier than than a lot of people would think, because seeing all the bumps and that he, he's been taking the last last uh, matches throughout all the years of the New Japan, like last two or three years. I mean, it gonna take a toll on you. I mean, I see a lot of people wrestling. Still wrestling, even though they have a lot of injuries in their their back pocket, and it's like, it's just, I'm sitting there like, dude, walk away when you have when you have a chance, because you don't want to have go out with uh, with, uh, with a career ending uh, injury, and it's just a, a lot of people like, um, for example, Amber a- 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 
Um, she never really had had any injuries, and she injured her back, and she took about a year off of, of wrestling, and she didn't you know rest anything. She didn't like come back you know, get like in like five months. She rest her her injuries. Now she's feeling one hundred percent. She doesn't feel any like no no uh back pain ever since that that incident happened. So it's best for you to just take a lot a lot a lot of rest, rest all, all your injuries up, and come back stronger than ever. Shout out to the one true bullet, babe. Big fan of Amber's. Like her a lot. Um. Yeah, man, you got to see this doc. Like at a certain point, like going back to the the G one final a couple of years ago, where it was Abushi versus Okada. And like Okada couldn't walk that morning. Like his knees are in that bad of shape. Like he has to go to a doctor an hour before a match and get like injections in his knee and get fluid drained off of his knee. It's crazy to watch. Then as soon as that music hits, fucking Rainmaker. It's crazy. Gotta love a freaking Okada. Evil and Ishimori defeat the team of Bushi and Tetsuya Naito in nine minutes and 53 seconds. I thought it was interesting that it actually ended thanks to a scorpion deathlock. And they call it a scorpion deathlock. That's pretty freaking cool. No sharpshooter over in Japan. Scorpion deathlock. Hell freaking yeah. Um, Just advancing the feud here between Evil and Naito and really Bullet Club versus LIJ. I guess the more interesting thing, did you see Evil's new look? Evil's got a new look. He got the hair all redone and everything. I'm kind of digging it, man. Yeah, I, I like I like the new look too. I mean, it, it does fit the uh, the book club, uh, you know, uh, vibe with, uh, with evil. And I, I don't I don't have no problem with um with this this look of evils. But I will say this from um I will I will listen to the uh that Dino on the PBS networks and I talk I heard Billy Ray Valentine said that oh they just giving the the IWGP Heavy Championship to everybody. Not true. They were doing this back in the day. When uh, freaking Bob Sapp was the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, I don't think I don't think they're doing it now. Cause they were doing if they were doing it now, they would probably you probably see a uh, freaking uh, Yano as World Champion. Oh um, God! Ty Ty Z as World Champion. Hell, Master Fucking Wado as World Champion. Now, now let's we got to cut this off. I mean, Mark for edit. I, I, Master I, Wado as World Champion. I was just making an, an example that. This guy said that they just get handed championship to everybody, but they're not really doing it like WWE, WWE or uh, New York. They're not doing that, and I think that them even as a world champion is setting up a, a more more few another uh, a few uh, Naito. That's how they they do these uh championship reigns, set up a set up a feud against uh, a rival. You know that you say that they're not doing things like WWE. And the next thing that we have to talk about are two 52-year-old men in the main event. That seems pretty WWE to me. Two 52-year-old men in the main event. But the difference is these two men were Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata, and they would just absolutely murder most of the 52-year-old men inside of the WWE, just like they tried to murder each other 20 minutes and 36 seconds. Minoru Suzuki wins with the gotch-style pile driver. Man, I could watch these two guys fight forever. I realize they've been fighting forever, but I hope that, like, I don't care if they're 80-year-old men. If they're in there and just throwing blows like these two, oh, my God. I was not disappointed that this was my main event. Yeah, these two, um, they uh, they proved that everybody in WWE are, are a bunch of cowards, and they... Go went out there and just gave 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 everybody a twenty minute classic, and they didn't need to do uh, all the the like the like all the Vince move they they used to do in their prime. They just like went out there and just slapped the little shit out of each other, just just beat the crap out of each other. And this is what strong style is. And I'm pretty sure if you know you see guys like Goldberg, or Undertaker, or even um Triple H go out there and go in Japan and try to go after one of these one of these guys, they would get killed killed. Instantly, they were not, you know, you know, not last against uh, guys like Suzuki or guys like Nagata. You know, these guys went out there and, and kill each other, and I absolutely loved it. Let's start with Yuji Nagata. I am so happy 
for Yuji Nagata. You know, it wasn't too long ago that I remember seeing Yuji Nagata in main events a lot. And now Nagata has kind of been relegated to that opening match kind of legend. And that's great for Nagata. I'm always happy to see Nagata. But it's kind of nice that even in this pandemic era, it's like Nagata is getting a legitimate main event match, let alone against Minoru Suzuki. Like, I was so happy for Yuji Nagata to see him in this position and be like, no, you know what? I can still fucking go and I'm going to fucking go get my ass whipped by Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, he 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 he's proving that he, he can he still he still got it and. And I, I, I'm, I was happy that he went out there and gave it all, all that, that he could against uh, Suzuki, and good, good for him. And I, I ho- hopefully he, he had, he still had like, I, I don't want, I want to probably go out, he go after the, the Noel Break Championship against uh, single. I don't, I want to mind seeing that. that. Love to see that. Hell yeah. So hopefully, you know. We see more of uh, Nagata because he he has proved that he he is still can he can still go with the best one. Props to Justice Grandpa. Let's talk about Murder Grandpa. Minoru Suzuki says that you know Nagata's an absolute sissy and none of his blows hurt and he laughs in Nagata's face after the match. It's great. Uh, Suzuki's like the most terrifying person in all of pro wrestling. I would love to see him show up at Raw Underground and just destroy everybody. That would be fantastic because Minoru Suzuki says, I know what's next. You think I'm going to tell you? What does Minoru <laughs> Suzuki have planned? I mean, with Suzuki, yeah, you never know what he has, what he has planned. It's totally unexpected. But, um, Hopefully we see him, you know, be one of the top contenders that for one of these uh, main titles for the IC title, the IWU Heavy Championship, or the the both of them, because I think it's, it's long overdue that he has one of those titles. Spoiler alert: We're going to talk about it here in a little bit. If you're going to have a king of pro wrestling 2020, his name better be Minoru Suzuki. Just saying. Just saying. But first, we want to talk about Jingu. Jingu Stadium, it's a giant baseball stadium that New Japan is going to be running at the end of the month. It's going to be headlined by two huge championship matches. Tetsuya Naito takes on Evil for both the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships, as well as Hiromu Takahashi, who is now out with a shoulder injury, quote unquote, because they're putting evil over stronger than hell. Like he he straight took Hiromu out. That's how evil evil is. But he's going to be taking on Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. A-Track Black. Zero, one, or two. How many of these titles are changing hands? I'll, I'll say... uh one and it's not the junior heavyweight championship is gonna i think these titles are gonna be finally separated and we gotta see naito getting the, the IWG heavyweight championship back and how evil is just set up with the ic championship that's so that was it had to be because i i'm i'm sorry but these titles being with both will, will be around both guys i mean both titles being around one guy is is really you know driving me nuts, and I'm glad that uh, Keith Keith Lee from NST he finally like you know you know what I'm not, not I'm not gonna carry around both belts I gotta relinquish one belt and carry the main belt. That's what instead of happening from from the start. That's what he was said done when he, when he first won the championship. Just took t- like relinquish the IC championship and keep the IG, IWG Harry championship. But that's I agree with you, but in a weird way. I almost feel like the never title has been elevated number one, because Shingo is holding on to it. And number two, because the intercontinental championship is not there. Like I, I, I am completely with you as far as every storyline going on inside of new Japan pro wrestling. I would love to have these titles separated, but inside of this pandemic era with having the two titles together, doesn't that actually help? Because I mean, like when you look at the roster right now, is there really room for another singles title in New Japan if you separate the two titles right now with the roster depth? That's my only question. 
Well, I mean, if you don't have that many people on the roster, then I I, I understand. But if we if these guys, when, when for the first time these guys come back from the from like the tour travel ban, I think you need to need to just really, uh, separate both the titles as soon as both like a lot more people come back to Japan, and that way you can. Then I mean maybe during that time we can link the the belt and you have like a tournament for it. Like um, what they doing in the, the U.S. for the U.S. Championship, if you, if, when when uh, New Japan Cup U.S. you fighting for a chance to face John Moxley. I'm wondering if, regardless of however this match turns out, you keep the two belts on whoever wins this match. I don't think it even matters necessarily to my grander idea here. I think Okada wins the G1. And Okada demands a shot at the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He is on the record as he does not care about the Intercontinental title. He does not want the Intercontinental title. He just wants back his IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I think that's how you split up the belts. You just have Okada win the heavyweight, and either Naito or Evil can run around with their consolation prize known as the Intercontinental title. But I think Okada wins the G1, and that's how it happens. Um, I mean, I I, I honestly don't think the, the uh, Okada got win the G one. I think a, a certain uh, Swiss Blade may win it. No, and, how, and, and no, I, I, mean, I, I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's uh, Jay White's time to win the G one, especially with the whole with all that's going on with Bullet Club. I think he will go out and and take probably take it and you know teach this evil uh uh Bullet Club leader uh, a lesson. So then do you do Switchblade Jay White versus Evil for Wrestle Kingdom? Is that the match? I mean, if they want to go that well, go go ahead. I mean, but I I, I don't see uh, Jay White, uh, you know, being a team player and being part of Bullet Club alongside Evil. I'm just... That, that, I'm, that's one of Does Evil versus Switchblade Jay White feel like a Wrestle Kingdom main event? Like, it should, but it doesn't. I mean, they had freaking evil main event uh Dominion, so yeah, but that's and, that's not Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, for the love of God, like I I I I need Okada, I need a a Tanahashi, I I I need a Naito, I need switch. Like I, I feel like one of those guys could be in a main event with any of those guys, but against each other, I don't know. I, I mean, I would I would. I wouldn't say at Boosie, but he's over here uh, being a Nakamura, uh, the, the, the WWE version of Nakamura, <laughs> like over here, over here winning every championship, every uh, you know, opportunity of a championship, but not not winning the big one. I mean, that's that's how I how I see uh, Ibushi. He is the Nakamura, the WWE version of Nakamura in New Japan. That's a good one. I actually like that a lot. It's, that's a really good comparison. Um, Hiromu and Ishimori. You have any feel like is Hiromu going to hold on to that title or because we have seen many times that when you have the heavyweight championship go to a faction, other belts tend to attract to that title. Do they have Ishimori put down Hiromu? I honestly think that Hiromu got retained the junior championship. Um, I. I mean, I, I like I like Ishimori, but I, I must rather have that belt uh, stay on the uh, uh, Tanahashi a little, a little longer. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'm especially with the whole injury angle and Hiromu overcoming. Like I, I feel like that's probably the better story. But there's not really anybody else in that junior division. I guess you could go to Show, do Show and Hiromu as the next program. Yeah, I guess I could get behind that. Yeah, that works. All right, let's talk about whatever the hell this is because, man, I was so disappointed when I heard this announcement. Uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, Kazuchika Okada let out with this, you know, I have a crazy idea. I don't know if New Japan will go for it. New Japan, you shouldn't have went for it. This is, this is WWE sports entertainment gimmicky bullshit, and I fucking hate it i fucking hate it like i don't need this shit in new japan if i wanted to watch this shit i would turn on monday night raw i would turn on friday night smackdown 
Hell, at this point, I would turn on AEW. This is fucking ridiculous. So the way this is going to work, we're going to have eight guys, and the, we're going to have four singles matches. When we have the two guys, so let's say that, you know, Okada faces off with Tanahashi in the first round. Both guys lay out their own stipulation for the match. It can be a cage match. It can be a hardcore match. It could be uh, two out of three falls. It could anything that you want to do. And then the fans get to vote on which stipulation, Okada's or Tanahashi's, and then we have the match. The winners of those four matches then face off in a fatal four-way match to determine who will be the king of pro wrestling 2020. And it will be like the G1 briefcase where it is defended randomly throughout the year. At the end of the year, whoever is the KOPW 2020 wins themselves a trophy. This is fucking stupid. I hate everything about this. Like, I hate this so much that here's what I hope happens. I hope Minoru Suzuki gets himself into this tournament. I hope that every time he has a match, it's like an FMW match with fucking barbed wire ropes and C4 planted throughout the ring on a fucking moat in the middle of Jingu Stadium. And then I want him to hold on to it till the end of the year, take the trophy, break it over Shukabayashi's head, and say, stop doing this gimmicky bullshit. This is the king's demands. That's where I am with the KOPW 2020. Uh, when I was, when I first heard this announcement, I was I mean, first first I was you know I was I was in the middle of it. I wasn't in the, in the middle because one minute is like you know they had to, they had the fans choose which is the we want to see in the match, but then again it's another title. A quote unquote. I mean, not really a title. It's a trophy, but still, it's kind of kind of like a title. And with New Japan, they're not really known for this uh, gimme of uh, matches. Not known for having steel cage matches or or that many ladder matches or any matches like that. And part of me wants to see that, see how how it is. So I I, I if I want to see it again, I, I I say, hey, let's see it. I want to see that again. But if it fails, I don't want to see that again ever ever in New Japan. But as far as this King of Pro Wrestling title, um, I'm not I'm not really a, that big of a fan of it. I mean, it's just it, it is going to a WWE route. I just, just don't want to. It's it's stupid. I don't I don't like it. I just, I, just, I I'll give it a chance, but that I, that's all I gotta say about that. I, I'll give it a chance. It was Billy Ray Valentine on this show that made the comment that, you know, we may be seeing a lot more of this sports entertainment kind of stuff out of new Japan with where they are inside of the marketplace and on national TV in Japan now in prime time. Uh, don't, don't question the words of Billy Ray Valentine. It never works out well, never works out well. Let's talk about New Japan USA. Uh, New Japan USA is launching their new show, Strong. It starts this Friday night on New Japan World. And what we're doing is round one of the New Japan USA Cup. So now, now we're going to do another New Japan Cup, this time for a shot at John Moxley and the IWGP United States Championship. Here are your first round matchups. Carl Fredericks versus Kenta. Jeff Cobb versus Tangaloa, and I, I can't believe this is right, but this is what the statistics say. This is only Tangaloa's second singles match since he has been in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's great. And the, this first one was a first-round loss in the New Japan Cup. Go figure. David Finley versus Chase Owens in what might be the sleeper match of the weekend. And then in your main event... Brody King, representing Ring of Honor and Villain Enterprises, takes on the babyface, Tama Tonga. Have you seen Tama Tonga? He shaved off the beard. He's got a real babyface going on right now. I don't think he was ready for this restart. Uh, Tama Tonga just spitting fire on, on New Japan and, and saying, you know, that the cup belongs to him. And John Moxley, the IWGP United States title belongs to him. We're going to see an all new Tama Tonga. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this. This is going to be uh, a very, very interesting, very heavy on bullet club, but eight track black. Who do you think is going to win 
this IWGP US title from John Moxley because we have to get that title off of Moxley one way or another. That's what's going to happen. Who do you want to see win the USA New Japan Cup? Um, well, 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 for one, first of all, I don't want to see Carl Fredericks win the uh, damn cup because fuck him. I'm worried um, about that, actually. I kind of am. Like, I, I feel like they could try to do something like that, and it would be a huge mistake. I like Carl Fredericks, yeah. but something is in the presentation. Like, I don't. maybe it's just too many tassels for my taste. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I do not see him winning against uh, Kenta. I mean, I did if they if he beats Kenta in the first round, I'll, I'll be pissed because Kenta deserves better. Hashtag, um, uh, um, Kenta I, looking who great this, too. Have you seen that? Kenta put up some pictures uh, the other day on Instagram. This might be the best shape I've ever seen Kenta in. Like, uh, I always thought Kenta's kind of pudgy, you know. But boy, like he's got like actual definition and shit going on now. It's a whole new Kenta. It, it's good to see him uh, in in shape, like he uh, versus his run in uh, in, uh, in New York, and I, I'm 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 glad he, he's in a uh, great shape, and I, I I do I do like like see him in like you know go far in, in uh, this cup, in New New Japan Cup. But as far as to win the, win the, the the cup, I'm kind of hoping for um Tom Tom Tonga. I think it's time for him to go to that, that single route and go after a single t- championship for for one for once in a while because I seen Tom Tom Tonga ever since the whole breakout bullet club with uh, him them firing the lead. I was hoping that he would go out and be the the leader of the bullet club, but he, instead it ended up being Jay White. So I, I I'm hoping that he does go out and and just dominate the the band uh, cup and and for, and takes that takes on uh John Moxley and takes that U.S. championship. I'm with you on everything you just said. And as much as I love Tamatanga, I have a feeling he's losing in the first round. I think they're going to push Brody King all the way to the finals um, and, and then have Kenta take out Brody King in the finals. I There is too much Bullet Club inside of this damn tournament. Like, Bullet Club guys have got to lose. You've got Kenta in the first match, Tangaloa in the second match, Chase Owens in the third match, Tamatonga in the fourth match. Like, we could have an all-Bullet Club final four if they wanted to. Boy, talk about tensions there. People be salivating to see Tamatonga versus Tangaloa, I'm sure. But I feel like it's going to end up being, like, Kenta wins, Jeff Cobb puts down Tangaloa, David Finley goes over Chase Owens, Brody King over Tamatanga. That's my predictions for the first round. And I hate to say that because, man, I want Tamatanga to win that freaking belt. I want. I just want to hear the promos between Tamatanga and John Moxley. <laughs> well, I, well, first and foremost, I do think that Chase Owens will be losing the first round because, you know, I mean, you're saying that that's, that's going to be a sleeper match? Yeah, I got to be a fall. I'm going to be falling asleep during that match. But oh, come point, on. I mean, no disrespect to David Finley. I did, I, I would never, I've never been a fan of Chase Owens ever since he joined Blood Club. I just think he was, he, he's just the jobber of the, of the group. So I, I, I have no, I had no desire of watching Chase Owens in the ring. Shout out to the Crown Jewel. I think you're great, Chase. Most underrated member on Bullet Club. The only Crown Jewel I, I care about is Kimberly. Okay, when given the choice, I'm sorry, Chase, but I mean, come on. Yeah, Kimberly. <laughs> I, it's crazy to me how long she's been at Impact working without a contract. That just seems insane. Well, to she's. Me. Well, she signed a contract officially uh, yesterday. Yeah, I, I I heard that that broke, and then I was like, how how is she not under contract? She's been there for like a year, it seems like. Well, she 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 just uh she just uh, got there like a couple months ago. God, really? Man, you yeah. know what? Time time does not exist in 2020, right? With the whole quarantine thing, it's like you can tell me something happened two weeks ago, and it feels like it was like three years ago now. I mean, it's just like every day, just I have no concept of time anymore. <laughs> Doesn't help I'm watching Japanese pro wrestling at 530 in the morning. But, well, maybe that does help. 
Semifinals of the tournament on August 14th. Finals on August 21st. All on New Japan World. Looking forward to that. Launches right after SmackDown. Just flip over to New Japan World. And then you can actually get that SmackDown taste out of your mouth. But as I look at this entire tournament, 8-Track Black, there is one question that I am dying to know the answer to. Where the fuck is Switchblade? Why is Switchblade not in this fucking tournament? Like, is it just like the U.S. title and John Moxley are so beneath Switchblade Jay White that, like, we're not even going to put him in the tournament? Really? Where the fuck is Switchblade? I have no idea where, where he is. I mean, I, I thought he was going to be part of, part of the tournament because he was uh, one, of, uh, one of the few people that won the U.S. championship, like the second person to win it. Mm-hmm. So I figured, like, oh, let's put him in the championship, cause he, the championship tournament because he's the former champion. But, no, that didn't happen. Uh, but apparently this guy had been teasing, uh, you know, dates that he might be coming back to Japan because he was teasing that he was going to be in the last big uh, event, but he didn't show up. But now, and now he teased now he gonna be uh, at the strong summer struggle in the baseball uh, field. So we don't know when or where where uh, Switchblade play gonna be the next uh, next uh, couple of weeks. I almost hope he like. I I have a feeling we could be in for a Jay White babyface turn, and that's gonna be really, really strange for a while. Sorry about the never six man titles because you know evil defected to Bullet Club and. The titles just kind of nobody was really sure what was going on, including Shingo Takagi. He was quite irritated by it because he likes being Shingo two belts. But they've had, you know, the never open weight title just kind of hung up. So now summer struggle night five. We are going to start the tournament to crown your new never open weight six man champions. All right. First round matchups are going to be show Yano and Okada. Taking on Jado, Gato, and Yujiro because we have to get Okada in a match against Yujiro and Gato again. For the love of God, can this feud end? Like, please. Please. <laughs> Bushi, Sonata, and Shingo represent LIJ, taking on the team of Doki, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Shingo's looking for a challenger in Jango. How about Minoru Suzuki? Could you give me Minoru Suzuki versus Shingo Takagi for the Never Open Weight title? Because I have a feeling I would like that very, very much. Yeah, I, I mean, we 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 I I I would not I would not uh, be complaining about if we see uh, Shingo versus uh, Suzuki. Uh, I think that would be that would be a great match. Um, and I, w- I would not, it would not surprise me if Shingo beats uh, Suzuki in, in this match. Get down with it. I can get down with that. Absolutely. Friday, your two matches. Tanahashi Ibushi and Master Freakin' Wado take on the team of Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Kanemaru. Everything that we talked about when it comes to Tanahashi and Ibushi, I feel like it could come to a head in this match. If Hiroshi Tanahashi eats the pin in this match, I could see Ibushi just freaking the fuck out on him. Uh, don't, 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 don't be silly. We all know who's going to be taking the pin. Master Wado. Master freaking Wado. Jesus Christ, Master Wado. Honma, Makabe, and Taguchi representing... I don't know, Great Bash to Gucci Japan, I, I I guess, versus the Chaos team of Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi. Yeah, Yoshihashi, he's in this match. Always potentially get a pin there. Um, so those those are your four teams that they've got going, or, or eight teams, I guess it is, going after these never-open-weight six-man titles. I, I Can we just give them back to LIJ? Bushi, Sonata, and Shingo? Like, I, I I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think I think this is uh uh term is, is is uh for strictly for uh Lij. Yeah, I don't see uh Okada win the the six man titles. I mean, he will probably throw those throw those titles in the trash. Um, he doesn't care I, about the Intercontinental title. You think he gives a shit about the never six man belts? Like, <laughs> oh, we have those. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I I I think that I mean. This tournament is LIJ's to win, 
But honestly, I just think they should have just, you know, you know, disband these titles. Just I, these titles did not mean nothing. Um, they they set the bed when it came came to you know these titles because they did not treat it like like the that like Mexico Mexico treats their the trio titles. I mean, I I mean, we want to does it uh, well too. I mean, but I, I, the whole concept of six trios championships kind of bothered me a little bit ever since I seen it in New Japan and in uh, Ring Warner. Just, just stick that to Mexico. Mexico is the only place I've ever seen make this work. Like it worked in Lucha Underground, you know, which was a, a more Mexican style promotion. But I mean, outside of CMLL and AAA, like trios belts have never worked for me. Regardless of the promotion. Yeah, no, it not worked for me either. Um, I, I, but it would not surprise me if AEW tried to do the whole trio championship because they have, they have like a handful of trios in AEW. Like you got Dragon Express, you got, uh, like three, three, three fills of the inner circle. You have the best elite. Friends. You have best friends with Orange Cassidy. I mean. I, it would not surprise me if they do uh, trios championships in AEW, and uh, that's the, gonna fail. The Lucha Bros and Pac, right? Aren't they affiliated? Aren't they like Triangulo de la Murta or something like that? Yeah, but Pac is stuck in uh, in the UK, right? But, know, but, but I mean, know. that's just another trio. And I mean, of, of all the trios that you named off, those are the ones I'd want to see with the belts. Like those three guys, I feel like could pull it off. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Pac is stuck in stuck in the UK. I I, I totally totally forgot about that fashion because we haven't we haven't seen that muscle in in, in AEW. Yeah, man, the Lucha Bros. Like people can talk about Kenny Omega and how big of a ball drop things have been with Kenny Omega. I don't see it that way, but Pentagon and Phoenix, uh, Ray Phoenix. As far as I'm concerned, whatever promotion he's in, he should probably be the world champion. Because I think Ray Phoenix is that good. And I, I feel like if you book Pentagon the way that you should book Pentagon, he is the most money-making heel that I've seen in, like, the last decade. I mean, you want to talk about ball drops at AEW. Look at Santana Ortiz. Yeah, that's I mean, these one. guys, These guys were the best tag team in pro wrestling. And now they're none, they're none more than Jericho's business in, in their circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I watch Japanese pro wrestling, because, you know, I just I can't get past the sports entertainment crap anymore. And then New Japan launches KOPW 2020. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, Jack Black, thank you very much for joining me this week, my friend. Why don't you go ahead, plug your social media and whatnot. We'll let you get out of here. Well, you can follow me on, on Twitter at MadCraziness. You can follow me on Instagram at MadCraziness.com. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, the PW Hustle Zone, where I do the age rap experience, the funny moments, the PW Hustle and Harmony Media Group. I do a, a review of all kinds of shows, except for AEW and, and WWE. And I also do tribute reviews for exclusively on my channel and also the official PW Hustle YouTube channel, which by the time you listen to this podcast, you, uh, the, my tribute of uh, the NFC champion, Keith Lee, will be up. And you can also watch my latest a-Triple experience where I talk about the poor excuse of blood sports while on the ground. Bask in eight-track Black's glory. That wraps up yet another edition of Destino. Thanks to 8-Track Black for joining me this week. On our next episode, I will be back to give you all of my thoughts on Summer Struggle and the six-man never open weight tournament. Thanks to our friends over at Hameen Media. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out this Monday's locker room with RBV, Ben Hameen, and the great Rip Rogers. Thanks to the HTM Podcast Network, NDPW.com, and LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the feed. Just search Destino, a New Japan pro wrestling podcast on your favorite listening device and hook us up with one of those five-star ratings. It helps out in the algorithm. Find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Find the show at DestinoPod online at DestinoPod.com. Enjoy the six-man tournament round one of the USA New Japan Cup, and we will talk to you back here next time on Destino a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Adios. I've been so high that I can't come down. I've been so low.